It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. We'll get through. We'll, we'll get to all that stuff here in just a little bit. Uh, also, your best bets are on the way on top of that, so we got plenty of stuff. Let's get started. Need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. Yeah, speaking of those Colts, they give up 10 unanswered there in the fourth quarter, including a nine-play, 89-yard drive with a little over two minutes left in the closing minutes to uh, lose 17-16. to 16. Commanders looked uh, solid in that last drive. Sam Ellinger got his first pro start, went 17 of 23, 201 yards. Jonathan Taylor was 16 carries, 76 yards. Indy native Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, goes six catches, 113 yards in front of the hometown crowd. Colts have scored below 21 points in seven of eight games thus far this season, and I believe they have only gone into one game with the lead in the fourth quarter. Yeesh. Colts head to uh, New England on Sunday. They're a five-and-a-half-point dog. Colts also lost Tyquan Lewis for the year with, an, uh, with a ruptured patellar tendon. Sounds painful and expensive. Uh, Bears fall 49-29 to Dallas. Justin Fields 17 of 23 as well. But he only had 151 yards. However, did throw two touchdown passes. He also rushed for 60 yards and a touchdown. Wasn't enough, though, as the Cowboys uh, get the three of the last four touchdowns. Pick up the W. Dallas racked up 442 yards of total offense. And they did not have Zeke Elliott in the backfield. Chicago dominated the time possession. 12 more minutes than Dallas had. Bears host Miami Sunday. Four and a half point home dogs. Uh, we have a time for the Iowa kickoff. It's noon on Saturday. The conference announced yesterday that game is sold out. Purdue's opened up at four and a half point favorites. That game airs on FS1. That's it? Four and a half point favorites. Are you sure? What did we what did we see out of Iowa over the weekend that all of a sudden everybody is like totally gassed for that? Yeesh. Alright, well good luck. I just uh that seems way too low. Seems way too low to me. Blackhawks let one get away last night, 4-3 in a shootout to the Wild. McCabe, uh, Taves, and what's probably a front runner for goal of the year so far from Andreas uh, Athenasiu. Dude just went in and out and through the legs of a defender. I mean, it was sick. 
But the Hawks lose their third straight. And against their old goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury was in net for the Wild. They're going to try to snap that losing streak tomorrow when they host ugh, the Islanders. Ugh. Pacers, Nets tonight. That one in New Jersey. Blue and gold, an eight and a half point road dog. Pacers just beat the Nets on Saturday, 125 uh, to 116. And Kyrie had that really awkward post-game interview. I don't want to get into that stuff. I just don't. There you go. That is your need-to-know news for this uh, Monday, October the 31st. All right, let's get you into some best bets for this evening. Uh, I'm excited. We were hot last week. Second straight week, we were pretty hot in hockey. Yes, I got a couple hockey hedges for you here, but let's talk about tonight's football game. Monday night football. It's got a couple of guys that I find pretty reliable as any touchdown, anytime touchdown scores, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. But I think tonight you're going to get a lot of value on Mixon. First up, let me give you some stats. Uh, your first touchdown score. Now it's a market that some Ian's really like. You can get yourself some pretty darn good payouts in some of these too. All right, so tonight, I, I like mixing in that, okay? Bengals have given up four touchdowns to running backs and four touchdowns to wide receiver twos this season. The Browns have given up 12 touchdowns to running backs. So, yes, you're one of the, the workhorse, Joe Mixon. Mixon has 18 red zone rush attempts. Burrow has two. That's the next closest. Mixon also has the second most targets in the red zone through the air with six. It's two behind Hayden Hurst. Stats look very good. We like Joe Mixon tonight. That is my anytime. That is my first touchdown score tonight. I like Nick Chubb, too, as an anytime kind of guy. Here's the problem. If you want to play the first touchdown market, he splits too much time with Kareem Hunt in the red zone. 22 touches versus 18. That's not a great mix there. Now, I told you Bengals also giving up four to uh, wide receiver twos in the red zone here. That would be Donovan Peoples-Jones tonight. He's got four red zone targets this season. I think Mixon's got the value there. Peoples is your long shot on the first touchdown market. But I'm going to be taking Joe Mixon to score anytime. Um, he has been more than reliable uh, this season scoring the rock. And with no chase uh, out there tonight, right, somebody's going to have to eat up some targets and uh, crank up some stats for you. See, I'll, I'll be on uh, I'll be on Mixon here, who has a touchdown in what three of his last four games. I'm on it. That's my play tonight in the uh, game there. Now, a few other things I'll let you know because you're thinking about taking this game here tonight. Where the uh, Bengals are waking up, it was uh, was it still three and a half points last time I checked. It's three points right now. Bengals are four and three. I'm sorry, five and two against the spread. The Browns are three and four in covering. Bill Vinovich, the referee tonight, fewest penalties and pass interferences per game, second least in defensive holding, very few roughing the passer penalties. Vinovich 
since 2016 in division games, 26-14-2 to the under. That is 66%. Four games for Joe Burrow with Vinovich. Three and one against the spread. Sorry, that was four games last year. Three and one against the spread uh, were the Bengals. That seems to be the thing. I also like Mixon's uh, receiving yards tonight at 21 and a half. I'll take the over on that. Mixon's lone game against Cleveland last year. He had five passes for 46 yards in 2020. He did it to him again, four for 40. Um, so, yeah, I like I like me some Joe Mixon tonight. I'm going to go ahead and take the underdog in the Cincinnati Bengals tonight as well. I just, they got the better quarterback. I know they're missing uh, Chase, and and that stinks, but I still like uh, what the Bengals do. It's hard to replace Jamar T- Chase, but it's not like they don't have T. Higgins back, too. He's going to get a lot of the attention here. I think that's a lot of checkdown opportunities tonight uh, for your boy, Joe Mixon. That's my place tonight. I do have a couple hockey plays real quick. We were hot four out of five uh, each of the last two weeks here on these things. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead my safe one here. Eh, I shouldn't call it safe, but Tage Thompson. I think his overs at two and a half, and it's like at minus 170. Uh, that is my, and everything's going to be coming in this uh, in this Detroit and Sabres game tonight because there's only three games on the slate. But I'm all over that game there. Tage Thompson, I would play him up to four shots tonight depending on what book you use. Okay, I'm going to roll the dice a little bit tonight on Dominique Kubalik. Remember him from the Blackhawks? Over two and a half shots on goal. Buffalo allows almost 35 shots per game at home this season. That's a little high. Kubalik usually hangs around two, uh, two to four. So we're going to roll the dice a little bit on that one. But he has got great value because he's in plus money there. Rasmus Dahlin, over two and a half shots on goal as well. So there's plenty of guys in here. I like a lot of shots going up tonight in Detroit and Buffalo. So uh, that's the guys I'm working with right there. Tage Thompson, I'll play up to four. I'll take overs on Kubalik. I'll take overs on Dahlin tonight, both at two and a half. Those are going to be the hockey plays tonight. Uh, it's a little it's a little sketchy on a Monday because of the small slate, but we're going to try to find some things that work out for you, or hopefully we stay hot. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Pat Shanley, Jeff Bronco's head man, going to join us next. Stick around. You know we got more in the Hammer Down Show next on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're going over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Three area teams remain in the hunt for a sectional title, and they'll all get to play for one this weekend, including uh, these guys here, the Jeff Broncos. And Coach Pat Shanley on with us here. Coach, congratulations. A, uh, another win, third year in a row. You open up against uh, Lake Central there. And uh, the difference in this one from the previous two years, you, I mean, you told us last week this is a much better team than what you faced the last two years. But, um, I mean, it was it felt a little bit like a repeat, like the Kokomo game here, just, just off the bad starts and self-inflicted wounds, having to dig yourselves out of a hole. I know you're eventually able to do that and, and you move on. But uh, what can you guys do to fix these uh, th- this slow starts that you had the last few weeks? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question, man. Um, you know, you, we, we've got to have a great week of prep this week. And, uh, you know, it's again, it's about we've been preaching all along. It's about this rep, this set, this practice right in front of us right now. We, we've got to be, you know, focused on, on what's right in front of us today. And, and hopefully that uh, 
parlays itself into uh, starting faster and playing at a higher level, you know, right out of the gate on Friday night against Crown Point. Uh, There is another side of that token, too, like we were talking a little bit earlier. I mean, at least you do know when the chips are down that your team is more than capable of responding and uh, taking yourselves to a a W. You hate to be in that position, but if you find yourself again in that position, I I think it's at least a little comforting to know what your team is capable down, uh, what was it, 21 points uh, early on in that one. Sure, yeah. Uh, You know, I don't know if you remember or recall going back to the Cathedral Week, even um, when we were down early in that game, there there wasn't panic amongst our kids and amongst our staff. There was just coaching. I I could say that uh, remained true against Kokomo, and that remained true against Lake Central. So, you know, it's um, our kids are fighters. They've got a lot of toughness and a lot of grit, and um, if if we, you know, can, can find a way to get our guys playing at a higher level, um, and just increasing the level of our execution early on, then, then we feel we may have a good shot on, on Friday night against Crown Point. But, um, you know, again, it, this group has, has been defined by, by their resilience, their toughness, and uh, their ability to fight for four quarters. Yeah, it's a tough Crown Point team, too, as well. I mean, uh, absolute battle tested up there. Um, they, they've just been very, very efficient all season long. You've been watching the tape uh, all weekend long, and, and today, too, I'm sure, talk a little bit about Crown Point. What do they do really well? Uh, how do they beat you? Well, you know, first of all, they're, they're coached by a Hall of Fame head coach, uh, Coach Buzz, and, and they've got, um, you know, they've got a, a, just a number of former head coaches. They, they have kind of an all-star staff, if you will, um, just a, just an unbelievable coaching staff that they've got. And you can just see, you know, their, their kids are, are big, they're strong, um, they're, they're fast, they're very well coached, they fly around. You can see just the amount of um, – enthusiasm that they're playing the game with so uh, I, I would compare them very much to to Harrison in terms of their size and their their um, their DNA just just wanting to run the ball and play action pass you um, so so we've got our hands full w- without a doubt uh, again we're, we're going against a team that's a very disciplined football team that prides themselves on running the ball and uh, really good in the special teams and, and really good on defense I you guys also have a lot of guys that fly around a lot of guys that are pretty darn fast uh, a couple of great running backs here uh, as well as you go into uh, this sectional championship here, uh, is there a specific unit? Is there a position, maybe a, a player that you really need uh, to step up for you guys in order to win this one and have their best game? Yeah, we just got to have a great week of prep, man. Honestly, again, it, it's it's about today. It's about right now. We've got to be focused in on a game plan and and, and what's going to help us be successful on each and every play. And it's going to take everybody, man, coaches, kids, support staff. Everybody's got to be dialed in all week. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can. We can be there in the end and, and have an opportunity to win against a great team. Yeah, tough, a tough 10-0 opponent here and a rank 6A team. In fact, Crown Point uh, top five, uh, no, six-ranked team, sorry, uh, in 6A. So uh, the Broncos with their hands full, but a chance to uh, end that sectional drought this Friday night when they hit the road and head up to the region. Coach Pat Shanley, uh, buddy, I always love talking football with you. You know that, and uh, I know how badly you want this one uh, I, I think more than any other game that uh, you, you possibly had before this one. Uh, and uh, we're going to be pulling for you. I know you guys got the talent and the know-how to be able to go up there and get a W. Hey, best of luck on Friday night. Hey, appreciate it, Jared. Hope, uh, hope we see the entire Lafayette community up there supporting us and uh, hopefully celebrating a big win. Best of luck to those Jeff Broncos, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for the resiliency, and this team has shown it multiple times during the season. The problem has been... You know, making those early mistakes. I mean, that one right there, the 
early turnovers dug themselves in a hole. They shouldn't be doing that. I mean, this starting with this game this week, uh, if, if they do that again, they're in a lot of trouble. I think that coaching staff knows it. I think those kids know that. Uh, that's a talented team. That is certainly capable of going up to the region there at Crown Point and taking on the sixth-ranked team in the state in 6A and uh, coming away with a win. They've got the pieces to do it. That, I I don't don't have a doubt about that. The thing that will continually concern me is, uh, can they limit those turnovers and those penalties that you don't need to be making? You know, 15-yard personal fouls for, you know, talking to the officials, something like that. Those things have got to get cut if Jeff wants to uh, not only win this one, but, you know, go out there, win a regional, play in a semi-state. I I think they've got two tremendous running backs, a good offensive line. You've got some ball hawks in the secondary over there. They got the pieces. They got the speed where they need to there too. But they 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 can't beat themselves. That's been the problem for them. If they can just not do that, I think they've got a chance here to beat Crown Point. And then they can turn around and, and probably host Carroll. Make them drive all the way from Fort Wayne. That's what they've got to do. Not beat themselves early on there. When you go back to the Cathedral game there, they eventually settled down in that one and played a heck of a lot better. This is two weeks in a row they've had to come from behind in in double-digit deficits, too. Uh, Eventually, stuff like that catches up with you, and they know that. I mean, it's those kind of mistakes that cost you. Ask Harrison. Man, it's just absolutely painful to watch last week calling that game. To have those two fourth quarter uh turnovers, the one that's the uh the scoop and the score. I mean, it's your last two offensive possessions of the year end on uh, on fumbles. That's a that's a real tough pill to swallow. You've got uh, on the other end of that bracket, you know, McCutcheon was making it a, a matchup with uh Decatur there for some time. You know, Decatur figured it out there in the in the late third, early fourth, and, the, and they run away with that game. Uh, I think we said here on the program, uh, you know, on Friday that I thought that, you know, McCutcheon was kind of playing with house money. I thought the statement had been made about this program, where it was and where it was going. I think you felt like it was a step forward for the program this year. And they need they certainly needed a little bit of time here, but they're gonna be all right. It's a shame because I really think if they would have won that game, oh my that extra week would have been absolutely huge for them to practice and, and do what they needed to do. But yeah, no, for McCutcheon's trying to, to get that thing moving in a new direction, they've done a tremendous job. But both those teams uh are sitting at home this week. There are three remaining. You know, Jeff is gonna take on uh Crown Point, 
You got West Lafayette. We'll talk with Shane Fry on Thursday. Uh, they're going to head on up to uh, Hanover Central, who's been pretty good. I mean, they're ranked sixth, and, and you know I, I like West Lafayette. I really do. They've got a lot of great pieces. They're the number one team here in the conference for a reason, or in the uh, I'm sorry, three A, I should say, for a reason. Uh, the thing that worries me about them, again, as always, still a little bit thin in some places. I think they're the uh, they're the favorite to win that game. They should be the favorite to win that game. I think there's a little bit of a gap between them and Hanover. West Lafayette has definitely played better competition than Hanover has. When you look at common opponents... Uh, look no further than last week's game over Calumet. West Lafayette 52-12 in that one. Hanover won 42 nothing. I kind of thought that that was a game that I felt like West Lafayette needed to make a little bit of a statement in. Just kind of send that shot over to Hanover Central. Was probably really feeling themselves right now. They're 11-0. The defense... And this is what they've given up this year. 6-0-6-0-7-7-7-0-0. 10 to Rensselaer Central, 21 to Griffith last week. Now, Rensselaer Central is one of those teams where if you haven't played anybody like them, you're in, you're in trouble for a while. And they definitely were. But they figured it out down the stretch and ended up getting the win. They gave up 21 to Griffith. Last week, who, by the way, only scores on average 18 points per game. But they've been kind of rolling over the last several weeks. West Lafayette should definitely be the favorite there. But don't discount the Wildcats just yet. And then we our feature game this week is going to be Central Catholic. We're going to go out to uh, Rochester to see that one uh, against the uh, the Knights and the Zebras. And uh, what Sag- the Sagard Rings have it is the, uh, the tightest margin here between our three games. Uh, Rochester, yet another team that where you, you look at the strength of schedule, 233 versus 167, it's, uh, it's not close. Uh, Rochester beats Benton Central 50-26. to 26. Uh, They beat Seeker 40-12. to 12. Those are teams that uh, you know, the Knights are familiar with. But Central Catholic just has so many weapons. Baylor Smith's so dang good, man. They've got two different quarterbacks and, and can play two different styles and burn you. They're so versatile. I'm excited for that one in two way. A lot of, lot of great high school football still to be played. And uh, I think uh, we'll definitely have some sectional champions, plural. Uh, how many? We'll just have to wait and see. We got another break. We're going to come back and we got more Hammer Down show. The NFL yesterday, the Colts. What are we doing? Just what are we? What are we doing here? I think we're prolonging the inevitable. We'll, we'll talk about that and uh, what happened with the Bears. That's coming up next. This is the Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. Happy Halloween! It's the Hammer Down show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. I hate this holiday. It is not. Like, I'm, I'm older now, so it's a little bit different because I got the kids and stuff. And, 
yeah, I like it for them. I, I you know, go do trick or treating and stuff, but like in my like mid to like early twenties and stuff, absolutely hate it because there's always like you go out and there's always somebody that dresses up like something and then they feel like they have to act the part out from whatever movie or TV show and it's just like, calm down, buddy. Okay, like just take it easy for the second. You're just weirding people out. A little bit, like, that's cool, man. You dressed up like the Joker. I don't think Nolan's calling you anytime soon. Why don't you just go over there, man? Leave me alone. I hate that. You know, there's always somebody that's just got to overdo it, and you're just like, really? Come on. You're a grown human being. Stop it. But I love it from the kid's perspective, man. My kids love doing it. I'm just hoping that the rain holds off this evening. Is the rain going to hold off this evening? I can get out for a little bit. And do that. Maybe it'll work out where I can get out, do it for a little bit, and still get back in time for Monday Night Football. Oh, man, would that be great. Okay. Colts. Let's talk this through, man. What are we doing? What, what are we doing? Indianapolis Colts. Ellinger gets the start. And I'm sure we'll all talk about, you know, hey, look at this line. 17 of 23 is not bad. 201 yards, took a couple sacks, had that nice one deep ball. It's not the best showing in the world. It's not the worst showing in the world. Like, the, didn't they have a stat up too on NFL Game Day? Like, there's only one quarterback for the Colts in history that ever won their debut, like 1 in 15. Which makes sense. I mean, not a whole lot of rookie quarterbacks are just coming out and winning things, right? If you're starting as a rookie, it's not you probably didn't have an exceptional team the year before. That's just the way that it is. But you went up against a uh, you went up against a Commanders team, middle of the pack, and in passing defense. Okay, not great. And, you know, you performed, they were very conservative with everything. Very conservative. I'll loosen up a little bit at the end. But, I mean, that's what you're going to do with a rookie quarterback. And try to maintain his, his positivity. The nerves, you don't want him freaking out out there. And yeah, he almost led you to a victory. The defense let you down there in the in the closing drive inexplicably. And I thought the one thing that Indianapolis was going to be able to hang their hat on was that this defense could come up with uh, some plays for you. Sure as heck didn't look like that this week. I mean, this isn't exactly an overwhelming Washington team. So it's hard for me to find a silver lining in this Sam Ellinger stuff. Especially when I look at another backup who's making the start for the Commanders and Taylor Heineke that goes 23 for 31, 279, a touchdown in an INT. It was also their leading rusher. Like, I'm trying to compare here. Am I being a little rough on Ellinger? Maybe. I think it's more of an indictment on the coaching staff, to be honest, which I don't think should be there anymore. I mean, changes definitely have to be made in the offseason. Perhaps in the front office, too. The offensive line play is abysmal. 
The offense is horrendous. One time have they scored over 21 points. One time. And that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They put up 34. And then they got a couple of 20 spots once against the Texans. And once against the uh, Chiefs, which was just a weird game. Jacksonville and Houston are two of the worst defenses in the league. And that's the, that, that's the best we're coming up with. Whew. That's rough. So I'm taking it with a little bit of a grain of salt with that. I, I will give Ellinger a little bit more time. Let him work it out. I mean, if they can go up to New England and win, they're not going to. But, I mean, if they could pull off something like that, theoretically, yeah, I'd start to change my mind a little bit. They get a, they get a, a, a trip out to Las Vegas as well after that. That seems like a game where um, th- that's, that's a benchmark now. That's not a good Raiders team. So if you can go on the road someplace and win, we can reevaluate things. And you get to go at home, the Eagles are going to come in and absolutely floor you. You might be on equal footing with the Steelers. You're not winning in Dallas. You're not winning in Minnesota. And it's going to be a rough year, and it's going to be a lot of changes. I guess you just let Ellinger go out there, but I mean, at what point do you have to also send a message to this coaching staff's not going to continue? I don't know why you just... I think we all know that's coming, right? How did this team beat the Chiefs? How? Was the fix in? Like, that still boggles my mind. You know, meanwhile, the Bears. What a tough pill to swallow. Easily Justin Fields' best game of the year, right? Missed five passes. Threw for two touchdowns. Ran for another one. Khalil Herbert. Almost had 100 yards on 16 carries with a touchdown. They dug themselves out of a 14 to nothing hole and then dug themselves uh, and had themselves into a 28 to 7 hole. They scored 10 unanswered going into the half and you say, okay, down nine. Why not? He came out, they scored that another touchdown in the third quarter. It's a five point game. And then disaster strikes. Dallas finishes the game with three touchdowns. Bears had that one to commit and that was it. Yeah, that Pollard 54-yard touchdown run to cap things off in the fourth quarter, that nail in the coffin was a real kick in the pills. That was tough. It's weird. You go back and you look at the team stats for that game. Like I said, I thought Fields played pretty darn well. But you wouldn't think this is a 20-point game when you when you just look at the stats at the end of the day. 24 to 22 on first downs. Bears had 71 plays. Dallas had 57. I, you know, Dallas had about 70 more yards of offense. They both, what Bears had 11 drives. Cowboys had 10 drives. Big difference in the yards per play, though. 5.2 to 7.8. 
Bears were four for six in the red zone while the Cowboys were four for four. I wonder if the defining stat isn't the third down efficiency. Cowboys were nine for 11 while the Bears were six for 15. That's the one that I highlight there. As good as I thought the offense was with Justin Fields and everything at times, I mean, not a whole lot of times you're going to score darn near 30 points and, and lose football games. This is one of them. Inability to get off on third down. So your defense really let you down in this one. Of course, trading a defensive leader in the locker room probably does not help for these things, but when you trade a guy like that, you kind of send a message to the locker room that we don't believe you guys are going to really get us anywhere, and that can be reflective there. It's going to be tough for them over the next couple of weeks, I think. Right, you're going to get the Dolphins at home. I think you just pray for some cold, bad weather, which doesn't seem like that's going to be coming up there. You get the Lions, who certainly can score uh, in bunches. They just can't stop anybody. Falcons have been pretty darn good at, at covering the spread all season long. Boy, what a heck. What a game they had. What a game they had on Sunday. How many twists and turns they had in that thing. Jets, I, I don't know what to make of them after the Brees Hall injury. You thought that they were actually going to get away with that one in New England for a while, and then they laid an egg. The Packers, uh, while certainly they don't look good, we're talking like six weeks down the road here. A lot of things will change. They'll get guys healthy again. You got Eagles. You still got the Bills. Another one against the Vikings. I mean, this is a tough road down the stretch for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think you really... Just needed to perform better with that one. It really is tough. I mean, even the easiest ones, which you think is two against the Lions, and they still put up 173 you know, points this season. That's the same amount as Minnesota. Problem is they give up 255. So you get the shootouts there. Obviously, we know the Dolphins can score. You know, Eagles and Bills are great. Vikings are on top of the division. Falcons are on top of their division. I mean, there's really there, there's not a gimme game anywhere in there. Whew. That's a tough finish for the Bears, man. We're going to take our final break, and then we'll come back with the things we missed. Uh, Michigan and another tunnel episode. <sighs> there's a lot of blame to go around on this. We'll talk about it next. Uh, this here is the Hammer Down Show in 1017 The Hammer and 101. We had some breaking news concerning the Bears, and I uh, apologize I didn't get that before we started the segment here, but... Roquan Smith is on the move. Sent to the Ravens, the Bears will get a second and a fifth round pick, according to Adam Schefter. So a second and fifth round pick for Roquan Smith to the Ravens. There you go, Bears fans. I'm going to go and guess you're not a four and a half point. I mean, I'm sure they've probably taken it off the board at this point. But I can't imagine that you're still a, uh, what did we say, it was four and a half or five and a half point dog at home against Miami. Now still four and a half point dogs. Jeez, I might have to get on that right now before they pull that. I mean, that definitely changes things, doesn't it? I feel like it does. Boom. 
going to place that there. Uh, all right, uh, time for uh, some of the things that we missed. Second week now, Michigan players getting into it into uh, into a tunnel with opposing teams. This time, um, fisticuffs. Jim Harbaugh says that he can't imagine this will not result in criminal charges. One of his starting corners and another teammate attacked when he tried to help him. A lot of videos continue to come out. Harbaugh says there needs to be accountability. There needs to be a full, thorough, timely investigation. The videos are bad. It's cleared what transpired. This is a very open and this is very open and shut. As they say, watch the tape. Mel Tucker denounced it. Announced that uh, several players were going to be suspended immediately. It's bad. First, I, I got to continue to ask: Why do we let these teams get together in tunnels? You know, if you watched Sunday Night Football last night and you saw Alexander and Diggs going at it in the locker room, uh, coming out of the tunnel, why do we let this happen? It kind of goes back to the handshake line. I, I just, I don't understand why you can't be men. Men don't do that. That's not what you do. That's not acting like a man. It's acting like a grown child getting into somebody's face like that. And there's still, there, there's, there, there's plenty of blame to go around here. Harbaugh says an apology is not enough. I think you heightened things taking deep shots after that game was basically over, right? You're still taking shots down the field. Like, I think there's plenty of there's there's plenty of stuff there. There's plenty of stuff. Call me crazy, and, and again, I haven't seen it, but I can't imagine that uh uh Geeman Green, who's the uh the corner that gets attacked in this video, call me crazy, but I don't think he's just walking up, minding his own business, not saying anything, and then just all of a sudden out of nowhere, five guys are attacking him. Like, there's enough to go around. And that's what happens when adults in those positions don't lead by example. Everything that should be happening is happening right now, to a degree. There should be an investigation. There should be probably charges filed. There should be suspensions. But it makes it makes it really hard for me to want to agree with Harbaugh because of what he did during the game, and now these actions right here, like you know, there's there's no way he just makes it sound like his own guys walking up to him, minding his own business, hands in the pockets, whistling. And then all of a sudden, just getting violently assaulted. You know there's plenty of this stuff going on, which was you know, egged on early on. And I even look on social media, and there's Michigan players still egging it on. Like, it's a group effort here. It really is. Now, this is two. I mean, this is the second time with your players in how many weeks that this is happening. Am I supposed to believe that it's just, oh, woe is Michigan, just in the wrong place at the wrong time all the time, and everybody's being mean to poor old Michigan? We may not have your MIRI machine here on campus, Mr. Harbaugh, but 
We at least don't let the teams get into it in the hallways here. And that's in Ann Arbor, mind you. Why aren't they keeping these teams better separated in situations like this? Makes zero sense to me. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Hammerdown Show today. I want to thank Coach Pat Shanley for being on with us. He always does such a great job. Really pulling for those Broncos here on Friday night to get that W up there at Crown Point. Coming up on tomorrow's show, um, Coach, uh, or no, we're going to actually have uh, Tom Deanhart, goldandblack.com. We're going to talk a little bit of football, Purdue with the bye week. Where do they stand on injuries coming out of that? And uh, we'll see how Tom still feels about Iowa uh, and uh, that matchup with Purdue. Coming up on Wednesday, uh, we're going to have Purdue men's basketball kicking off the season. And Brian Newbert's going to join us on Wednesday. So we still got a lot to get through this week. It's going to be a good one. Enjoy your Halloween. Please, if you're out this evening, drive safely, all right? A lot of kids running around not paying attention on Halloween. Be safe out there. I'll see you back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock, on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017